This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape episode. If you this is your first Geekscape, I'm Jonathan London, uh, and I've been doing the show for 13 years because I love stories. So basically, the way this show works is I like to sit down with storytellers, whether they be in movies, video games, comic books, the things that I love, and I like to talk to them about why they tell stories, what kind of stories they tell, uh, and where these things come from. You know, usually these things are uh, are very nascent and uh and you don't just become a storyteller by accident you become a storyteller because you have to be a storyteller at least the really good storytellers i feel have to be uh storytellers i have to do this show because i'm obsessed with telling stories myself and hearing other people's stories it invigorates me it gives me context and hopefully maybe you're on your drive to work maybe you're sitting at work blowing off your work and you're listening to this podcast hopefully it gives you a little bit of context as well, because this is why we built Geekscape. You're not alone. This is our community. Um, I'm going to welcome somebody into our community right now. A new guest for you guys. This, friend, uh, this is my friend Chris Cluey. He uh, is not from the world of movies, video games, and comics, although he is an author, and he writes sci-fi. Yep, he loves sci-fi. <laughs> but you guys may know him um, from the NFL. Yep. Dude, I'm, you were a punter in the NFL. I was. It's But I was a nerd far before I was a punter. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it works, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think how it works. And, and I, was, I was wondering about this because I went to uh, Westlake High in Austin, which mm-hmm. is a pretty elite football school. Drew Brees okay. graduated with yeah, me yeah. and Seth McKinney and a few guys. They were in my class. Right. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I was not only on the, on the team. Surprise, yeah. surprise. <laughs> you never know. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. um, I was not on that football team. Um, I worked at the local Westlake Comics and Cards uh, behind the counter in the comic book store. But uh, everybody was very nice and, and, and cool. Uh, Drew's very cool. But uh, but I remember in middle school when you're really kind of like stretching your place in the world. You're starting to come out of the, the football team in middle school was still that football team that would throw you against the locker. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> but you were a geek first. Yep. 
did they throw you against the lockers? And at some point were you like, I will join you? Um, How did you make that transition? Well, so for me, it's always been, I've always liked geeky stuff, like nerdy stuff. Like I grew up reading sci-fi fantasy. Right. Um, you know, first started reading, I think when I was like four years old. I mean, just my parents had books everywhere and I devoured them. And then um, when the original Nintendo Entertainment System came out, my parents got it for me and I instantly hooked. Um, but the other thing was my parents also wanted me to be outside. They wanted me to be running around and doing stuff outside, not just sitting inside all day. And I really like playing sports. I like I like competing. I like you know going out on the field and trying to be the best out there. So I played baseball and soccer growing up, and I have I have kind of that that need to win, right? <laughs> Where it's like, okay, if I'm out on the field, I want to be the best player out on the field. So when I was out doing sports, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. And then when I wasn't playing sports, I'm like, all right, cool. Now I'm going to go play video games. <laughs> yeah, I'm worn out. My legs aren't right. My legs are fried. I'm going to go relax. Yeah, exactly. Did you do that thing? When you first had that NES, and let's call it Christmas 85, 86, because mm-hmm. we're about a year apart, and you swung your arms when you first started using the controller. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You start moving them to the side. You're trying to... <laughs> I mean, Geekscape is today. You, if you guys are about 10 years younger than us, you, you may not have the context of it. And maybe it's just one of those things, because if you grew up with a Wii, you were waving your arms anyway. Right, yeah. But in like 85, 86, I remember my dad... For Christmas, we had this NES, and we just wanted Mario to go right. You, right. You're trying to make Mario jump, so you're like jumping with your hands <laughs> <laughs> to make the controller move. <laughs> Which is funny because when they then came out with the thing where you would use your hands, right? Yeah, the the, uh, the power glove. Yeah, that shit never worked. Right? Yeah, that was, that was terrible. <laughs> it, it was years ahead of its worked. time. <laughs> and then track and field when you're cheating. Oh yeah, the pad. You do 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 with your hands. Using your hands to just slam the pad as well. And. I'm a big uh, fan of the Switch, and, and I'm a big fan of Nintendo's game plan, period. When in, in 2006, they said, hey, we're, we're not going to compete with Sony and, and Microsoft. Those mm-hmm. are tech companies. We're not going to compete with them in a race that we can't win. Right. We're a game company. Right, we make yeah. games. And they came out with the Wii and said, mm-hmm. we're not going to go after those guys. We're going to go after the grandmothers. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, and I, I'm really in awe of that because, obviously, they come out with the Switch, and that thing blows up. And I think that every household has either... PS4 and Xbox One at the moment, and and a Switch. So right. Nintendo's like, no, we're going to be in addition to these two hardcore gaming consoles. Uh, but um, I think where I'm going with this is, it's funny how it's gone full circle. Mm-hmm. Where now we are absolutely right, swinging our arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well, it's funny. It's not just how you play games. It's the the fact that people are playing games as just a normal part of life. Because mm-hmm. you know, you you referenced uh, when I was growing up. You know, you had that jock geek divide, right? Whereas you had the football team, and then you had you know like the AV club or whatever it happened to be. Nowadays, like, so I'm, I'm helping coach uh, the freshman football team at the local high school. One of my buddies asked me to do it. So they had um, a study period the other day where, you know, instead of going out to practice, we give them like 30, 40 minutes to catch up on their homework and then go do practice. And so I had to walk around the room and check on guys because they have their school-issued laptops and, you know, a lot of them have their phones so they can watch plays and stuff on their phones. But they're all playing Call of Duty Mobile on yeah, <laughs> their laptops or, and their or phones. PUBG or something. Right, yeah. I absolutely, as a, when, I, when I teach college, I have to make sure that these students are taking notes. Right, yeah. And, it's, well, and what's funny, though, is that that's the football team, right? right. They're, they're all playing. They're all like, oh, man, Call of Duty. <laughs> like they all, they all want to play games with each but other. But was there a divide? Like, was there an us and them when you were growing up? middle school high school and was there a divide where you were a geek you'd grown up with all these sci-fi fantasy books you loved that stuff you'd read mm-hmm. the tolkien you were playing D. you're getting into the tabletop but then you really got into sports was what was that 
You're yeah. on both sides of the track. Right, yeah, exactly. And so that was one thing I've always tried to do with my life is show people that like you can be both things. Like you don't have to isolate yourself as, you know, just a jock or just a geek or just anything. It's you know, do the things you like doing. But self-identification is so yeah. important at that age in for that you're gravitating towards groups. Right. Well, I mean, for me, I've never really cared about groups. Right. I'm, right. I'm more of a as long as I have like a book or a video game system or, you know, something that I can do, then I'm like, I'm cool. I don't I guess I don't need a lot of personal interaction. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, here. I think that's more. You can entertain yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't need other people if I if I need to be entertained. But um, yeah, no, I think I think there definitely was that divide. But in a lot of ways, it was an artificial divide mm-hmm. because, again, you know, it's it's not like sports and video games have to be separate. It's you know, you can do a whole bunch of different stuff with your life. You just Go do it. Well, now ESPN and these places are making sure they're not separate. We've got. Oh yeah, yeah. You've got the whole competitive gaming scene. Yep. Is worth so much money, and obviously, when uh, you know the the fastest sellout in the history of Staples Center, right, was, was for like StarCraft. Or yeah, something uh, like that. I think it was League of Legends. Legends. Yeah, League of Legends. Legends World Championship. Yep. And it's like holy crap! When you have like Gordon Hayward on right. StarCraft commercials, <laughs> yep. And so that like it, it, there is no more line, and I think what I'm fascinated by, especially with student with, with people a generation behind ours, is the self identification with groups can be so dangerous that remember when we, when we had problems with an individual, mm-hmm. they were just representative of that individual, right? Yeah. And we would you know meet at the meet, right. meet, meet, meet at the flagpole, <laughs> meet, at the flagpole. <laughs> meet, 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 at the, meet at the soda machine right. at lunch but but now we've got these these problems and maybe it's because the romanticization of like nihilism in in, in in movies or things you know and I hate to blame media I won't blame media but I think it's because of the breakdown of the conversation over the simplification into groups mm-hmm. is now if you have a problem with someone they're a representative of an entire group mm-hmm. and your solution sadly it's very scary is Doing things that didn't necessarily happen when we were kids, right? And in that may not. Mm, I want to fact check that one geeks gave this because I just remembered Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall on the show a few weeks ago, and he in 1976, uh, 75 had his school shooting happen in freaking Canada, which is a peaceful country. Mm. Um, you know, it just seems like now we've broken down a conversation in, to the point where it's simplified. People are groups right it's well I, I think a big part of it has to do with the internet it's, mm-hmm. it's allowed people to connect with a lot more but it also allows you to live a lot more insular life if you like you know you, you can lock yourself up in your your own echo chamber you know in your own bubble where it's like okay if i only want to surround myself with people who agree with me i can do that mm-hmm. like that's i don't like and i can go find those opinions whereas before you know if you wanted to subscribe to some conspiracy theory, right, you had to go find that that whack job person and their hand-printed pamphlet. <laughs> oh, there was that kid. <laughs> right? Remember when the kid brought in the... Did you have a kid in your school that brought in the anarchist cookbook? Uh, we, I don't think we ever had anyone bring it in, but it was definitely like... Uh, I think we had floppy disks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> someone oh, someone okay. had it on a floppy disk. They didn't actually print dude, it out. a kid had the anarchist cookbook, like yeah. the actual trade... Like printed version, it wasn't right. even a copy. He went out and his and he had the anarchist cookbook, and right. it shows you. Geekscape is feel free to Google, not Google, but uh, it showed you like where to put explosives on a bridge if right, like, the, yeah. if the government had to be taken out <laughs> yep. to start your civil war. <laughs> we might be needing the anarchist cookbook here pretty soon, but, right? Um, yeah. But it's it's just like it's like we blinked and we're here, right? It's a well, I mean, it's it's technological progress. I mean, and that's but it's been so rapid. I don't yeah. think we can evolve. Well, so so the thing is, is that. 
technology changes like throughout human history technology has always been changing always been you know progressing but human human nature how humans use that technology to interact with each other generally doesn't change so if you know if you want to know where we're going study human history right. you're like okay what happened when we invented the spear <laughs> as opposed to just hitting each other with sticks yeah, we wiped out other yeah, yeah the, the people with the spears went and killed all the people with the sticks <laughs> right <laughs> like that's, right that's gen- as human beings and and uh, i try to be optimistic about the future but i also am a history and poli-sci major so, so i've read a lot on human nature and we tend to use technology for not great things until we figure out oh hey maybe we shouldn't do that yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, what I worry about is that the technology is advancing so quickly mm-hmm. that the brakes are now fully off. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's so. So that's actually my my answer to uh, the Fermi paradox. Sure, is the. The uh, the reason why we haven't seen you know intelligent yeah, life intelligent out, life yeah, yeah, you guys out, know the Fermi paradox yeah. it's like if there's a, if there's a billion million infinite planets out there why have we not met them right yeah why why haven't we seen something right I always blame Galactus <laughs> right, right he's just out there I was eating like, everything Galactus out. Yeah. is just eating shit <laughs> yeah it's and, a, he hasn't gotten to us yet right but but I, I for me the the answer is is that if you are if you're an intelligent species and and you're driven to get off your planet you know so so you have to have an awareness of there is a a wider environment than just your planet you have to realize that the universe exists that there are you know there are universal threats out there like a meteor hitting your planet, sure. your, your sun going nova whatever so you have to technologically innovate in order to actually get off your planet now je- from what i've seen obviously we only have ourselves and our planet as an example but intelligent life is generally life in general is competition right because if if you're fine if you're in a niche where you don't have competition well, you have no incentive to get off your planet. Sure. Like you're, you're good, you're there. But if you're competing, you're constantly like, okay, how do I tame my environment, right? Like how, how do I make sure as a single cell, you know, organism, how am I getting the nutrients I need to su- survive, right? resources are a big motivation for getting off planet. Right, exactly. And then as you become a multicellular creature, you know, and then you boom, 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 you keep going. So eventually, so it's kind of baked into us at the, at the very bottom most level is that we are competing for resources and so as our technology gets more and more and more advanced we unless we make a conscious change to to not do that anymore <laughs> good luck <laughs> right <laughs> then then eventually our technology will progress to a point where if someone pushes the button then that's it because like it's I, I actually used this in another story that i haven't published yet where it was um you know if you look throughout the entirety of human history Whenever someone has had a button to push, they have always pushed the button. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, that, that happens on Facebook. Right? Yeah, it's it's always you just, a, you just described like talking on Twitter. Right. It was like like my, my favorite example of that is the um, when they were doing the first atomic bomb tests in yeah. um, what was it in New uh, Mexico? Yeah, New Mexico, where you know there there was the. They were worried because they they'd done the math and like, well, there's a chance that we could ignite the atmosphere in a yeah. runaway firestorm that will the, consume the planet. And remember the, the Hadron Collider? <laughs> right, yeah. They're like, this might cause a black hole. Hey, just letting you guys know, right. this might be a singularity. And, and okay. So the, and so the thing is, they they did the math and like, okay, we think we're good, mm-hmm. but we're going to push the button. <laughs> It's like yeah. Um, so, so there are maybe what you're saying is that there, there's definitely civilizations out there that push the button oh, yeah, and not yeah, get it, a good result. Right? Yeah, and and, it, and and that was the time where it didn't work. And so like and and for me right now, uh, one of the interesting things I've been looking at is um, the privatization of space essentially. Sure. So right sure. now, you know, SpaceX is really getting big in terms of of taking payloads up into into low Earth orbit and. 
I think in the not too distant future, we're going to see, I know NASA has a mission to capture an asteroid uh, to try to bring it to one of the Lagrange points so they can start, um, you know, doing experience, yeah, experiments see what's in it. it. Right. But as we keep moving in the future and as, as we keep expanding to space, you're going to have corporations start. It's the next frontier, right? Absolutely. Like that's before, you know, for us, it was the Wild West, right? That was, that was the frontier to, you know, to claim. And, and it's still the Wild West. I think that a giant lasso yeah. could work. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you got to throw it out and grab, it, grab an asteroid. <laughs> but, well, didn't like, wasn't, wasn't there that joke that got out of control where Coca-Cola was going to put their logo on the moon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they were just, <laughs> yep. like Coke was going to put their logo on the moon. Right, yeah, just claim the moon for, so for you look Coke. up, and yeah, it's just it's a just giant, a it looks like a bottle. Coke bottle yeah. cap, and <laughs> just says Coke. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> It'd be funny for, like, a day. Right, yeah, and then you're just like, oh, damn it, that's that like, Coke bottle what cap. What the fuck have right. we done? That so, natural piece of beauty, we've destroyed it. Yep. But, um, but, yeah, so as you see companies, you know, getting out into space, uh, inevitably what happens in frontiers is you have conflict because you have the people who are moving out in the frontier and then the ones who stay behind who want resources. And so once we get out into space, the problem is if conflict starts happening, it's very easy to solve your problem by dropping a rock on the right. people who stay behind. I mean, Robert Heinlein wrote about that. You know, the, yeah. the moon is a harsh mistress. Like it's, it's not out of the bounds of, you know, of human capabilities. And then do we then, you know, attack back? So for an example, say, say Elon Musk, SpaceX, you know, sure. succeeding beyond his wildest dreams. He creates, you know, a huge corporation, starts building orbital infrastructure. You know, we're, we're expanding out. Everything's going great. And then one day he decides, you know what? I really don't want to pay taxes anymore. Mm -hmm. And he's living up in his orbital space palace. Yeah, this right, is my exactly. real estate. Yeah, this, this is my real estate. What happens? Right. <laughs> oh, he's you know, you know he's gonna go full bond, bro. Right? right? Yeah. No. And, 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 I mean, you heard him on Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like he's gonna go full bond. Yeah. So I mean, and and, and that's the thing where again though that's. That's nothing new in terms of human nature. No. It's just the technology has changed. And so, you know, as we keep advancing, we, we always have to be cognizant of the fact that we as people, you know, are, we, we tend to treat each other poorly. So we have to make sure we don't do that. Has Zuckerberg disconnected? Like, um, like, like when you watch him in front of Congress, mm -hmm. in, 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 in like, you've talked about Oculus, and mm -hmm. our friend Blake Harris was on the show. Um, when was Blake on the show? Blake was on the show eight years ago, or eight months ago. Sorry, mm -hmm. eight—that's weird. Sorry, um, eight months ago, Blake Harris was on his show about his book on on Oculus, and mm -hmm. uh, and his whole like final fourth of that book was about Zuckerberg acquiring the next operating system, mm -hmm. right? Right, like. Every 10 years, we change operating systems. Right. It was desktop computers mm -hmm. in the 80s. Then it was right. laptops. Now it's cell phones. Yeah, and something. the next thing's VR. Right. As far as Zuckerberg's thinking. Mm -hmm. So now Zuckerberg, let's say that that's not space real estate. This is now mm -hmm. mind real estate. Right. You know, this is mind and communication real yeah. estate. That's you can also tax. Right, yeah. And, not tax. <laughs> yep. and now you see him in front of Congress and mm -hmm. you hear that he's in having these meetings with <laughs> the GOP. Right, and yeah, this yeah. And, that, and you're like, wait, wait. Yeah. What side are you on? Because I don't, I don't know who you are. He's, and, and, and he's on just, his own side. We just need him to not disconnect. <laughs> right. We need those guys to not disconnect and become Bond villains. Right. Well, I, I would argue that if you're a billionaire, you're already a Bond villain. Yeah. Because the, no, that's how you got there. Right. Yeah. No human being like to acquire that amount of resources. You have you have willingly deprived other people of those resources. Like, and, and there's, the thing is, so I'm, and a lot of people generally when I talk about this stuff, like, oh, you played in the NFL, you're rich, like, you're a rich person. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I made a couple million dollars compared, I am very well off compared sure. to, you know, the average American person. Like, I, I'm very fortunate in that I don't have to worry about money, you know, because you all, I've You been, also risk brain damage for a decade. Right, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's a small part of it. Which but, gets <laughs> super expensive right. to take care of. But, but the thing is, is like, the entire amount that I made is a rounding error. <laughs> 
<laughs> for a billionaire's bank account. Like it really is. It's like, oh, do I have 143 billion, 290 million, and six hundred thousand dollars? No, when you see what Jeff Bezos <laughs> or is, it 288 million. <laughs> like, like Jeff Bezos, another bond. Right. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's like, uh, but but then you see guys like uh, you know. Um, Microsoft, you know, and, and these guys all have these foundations that are helping build schools in New York City. And this well, that, like, is that is that is that smoke screening it's, the it's, bonds it's, it's, going? So, so the Rockefellers did the same thing, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, again, technology changes human nature; sure. it really does it. So, like, the, but that's the thing, though, is that okay? Yeah, great. Microsoft, they, you know, Bill Gates gave a bunch of his sure. money to charity. You know, he does uh, clean water in I Africa. Think he like, says that he gives great, majority of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. But on the flip side, Microsoft is also competing for a Department of Defense contracts to create combat AI. <laughs> so, right. so we can take humans out of the loop when we decide to go bomb people that we don't even know. Most of which actually live in countries that Bill Gates is probably donating money to. Well, I, I, <laughs> I think that that's just part of like a government... And those people, as you say, can be government in and of themselves. But that's kind of the government approach. It's like, you're either going to make... Uh, like human bullet catchers or you're going to make prisoners yeah. and either way you're going to profit off of these people yeah it's well and, and and that's what sucks is is that again though like the fact that someone you know with a billion dollars like they have enough for themselves their children their children's children all the way down to like 15 or 16 generations sure. like and that's just with one billion right i mean when, when you start talking about like multiple billions there there was an example i think I, I don't know if i'm remembering the numbers correctly but i think it was like if you had a million dollars, it's like six seconds. If you had a billion dollars, it's like forty days. Mm -hmm. Like just to, like because I don't think a lot of people understand just how big the orders of magnitude are when it when it comes to like the the amount of money we're talking about, and. Yeah, so, sorry, anyways. I'm, no, 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 I, I, I like talking about this. Uh, I was in a conversation, I was making fun of emojis, and I was talking about the dumbification of all of us. In Gayscape, is dumbification even a word? I may be absolutely it, the, it, the result of dumbification, but I was talking about emojis and trying to convince people that, no, no, we're building the pyramids for these people. Yep. You may think that, that we'll never go back to Egyptian... Right, yeah, uh, no, we got... We're, 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 we're already using hieroglyphics <laughs> yep. again. Next, next time you send somebody an emoji... Right. Motherfucker, you are using hieroglyphics. Yep. We are working our ways back to a binary system. Yeah, a, we are absolutely building, like, the, the I mean, we are building the, the pyramids for Jeff Bezos and these mm -hmm. guys. Yep. Without a doubt. Every time you go to Amazon, every time yep. you go to, I, I went to Whole Foods yesterday. Mm -hmm. Here's another little. I don't have to put a rock up the side of a, a of a pyramid <laughs> yeah, no. to absolutely be building a pyramid yep. for this dude right now. Exactly. How do we lose scope? How do we do this? I and mean, this is just the way it is. Right. Um, so the the again, as I said before, it has to be a conscious choice to not do that by the vast majority of people and it's really hard to get it's there. It's so hard. To, good luck meditating for 10 right? minutes and yeah. you want these people to get awareness. So, so here's the thing. So one of the, one of the things that the GOP has been very successful at over the past 40 years has been getting rid of our education system right. because they know like that's an, an uninformed voter is more likely to vote GOP and, and you see that in Trump's base of support. Or someone who uh, can't keep a job is going to end up either in a prison or the army. Right, yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was saying earlier. It, yep, exactly. Like it's the for-profit prison system or we go send you to fight one of the endless wars like right. and which again like it, it doesn't have to be that way like we can make a conscious choice to not do that but it requires us to know that that choice exists and right. then to actually make that choice in in a manner that helps everyone else as opposed to oh 
I fuck you. I got mine. Like, there's a, <laughs> dude, have you seen this thing that's going on on the internet recently? This whole anti-boomer. Shit? Yes. Okay, boomer. Like okay, boomer. <laughs> so the great. whole okay, boomer thing. <laughs> so I mean, good. that is a direct result of the dude. okay. I got mine. Yo, that's a whole. I got mine. Oh yeah, generation. no, it absolutely is. Yeah, like, well, and the thing is, like, you you look at what the boomers had. Like, you know, they they had so much prosperity, and like, they're they're. Like I, I have this conversation with my parents sometimes, where my mom's like, "Oh, well, you know, you know, you can just go get a job, you know, get a house, whatever." I'm just like, "That's not the way the world works anymore. Like, you don't, you don't just go to college and then you immediately, you know, get a job out of college and you get a two bedroom house, you know, with the white picket fence." Like that was that, your reality. Yeah, that was your reality. That's not the way it is anymore because you guys kind of fucked it up. Like the planet's on fire. Totally <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, and and you're not going to be around to see the consequences, so we've got to start figuring out how we're going to deal with it. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the next you know 20, 30 years as kind of the boomer generation starts dying out, and as you start getting more you know of the millennial generation, Gen X generation coming into actual you know levers of power, because are they going to actually work to fix the problems, or are they just going to keep repeating the same same mistakes that parents? You made? know. You know the answer to this. Well, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to keep making the same mistakes as when the you, waters you, rise. I mean, and the- well, I, I think there's 40-year cycles. There's 40, 50-year cycles when you see someone like the Parkland kids. Mm-hmm. And they're basically the equivalent of the rights movement in the 60s. Right, they they yeah, were the yeah. activists of the 60s, right. and they led to the, to the hippies yep. that then became the boomers. Yep. And then we were the fuck everything. I don't right. even want to go to work, right? We thought we thought like Ferris Bueller was a cool guy. Right. Uh, note to all of you: yeah. Ferris Bueller was a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, well, Ferris it's, Bueller it's, was a piece of it's shit. Just like, uh, that's why I, I remember. Did you read the the Good Earth? And was it? Uh, oh, so it's um. I read it. I think it was in like fifth grade or sixth grade or and something. And they made like you that. read it? Yeah, made it. It's by yeah. Pearl S. Buck. It's really yeah. really good book. Um, it, of course at the time you know didn't didn't realize it, but what it is, it's the story of how. Um, this guy works really hard uh, to, you know, to save up this money to buy a, a plot of land for his farm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's kind of the, the hardworking, like, okay, I'm doing whatever it takes. I need, I need this land. You know, I need to provide for my family. And then his kids, because he provided everything for them, really aren't, you know, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're not in tune with anything. And then their kids are like, so, you know, it goes through his whole life cycle all the way up to, you know, his, him being a grandparent and then dying. And so his grandkids are planning on how to break up the land and sell it because mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, we can just get money by selling it. And I mean, and this book was written, I think, in like the seventies, like the sixties or seventies. Like, it's not again, it's not anything new about human behavior. Like, it. it, Dumb, it no, I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure that there's a, a subplot of a Shakespeare play that. Yeah, I right. Know, you know, like, like, is that not just King Lear? Like, remember King Lear at the beginning is like talking about who he's going to give his kingdom to, right? And they all fucking just start hating on right, it, yeah. And he's it's, like, well, fuck all of this. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, well, you know what? The solution to that is a ninety-nine percent income, uh, a ninety-nine percent capital. Gains tax. Yeah, capital gains. No, not capital gains. It's the um, estate tax. Ninety nine percent estate, estate tax. tax. Right. You can leave your kids two million dollars. Any kid starting life with two million dollars, you you have so you much become, advantages. You become president if you right. just leave the motherfucker one. Right. Exactly. And you don't even have to be that smart. No. <laughs> but but I, I think that is a big problem, and and we're seeing that in terms of the economic inequality that's going on in our country is that. All these, you know, rich families, rich institutions are, they keep accumulating wealth and they're not, they're not redistributing it. They're not letting anyone else have it. And so the problem is then their kids, you know, their, their uh, antecedents grow up 
with that expecting, oh yeah, of course I have this money. I should always have this money. That's the way <laughs> my not? life is, right? right? And, so, and so it becomes just harder and harder and harder to break that. I mean, it's, it's basically like royalty, right? And it's, it's not it, a race thing, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the, 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 the race thing is a smokescreen for the truth. That, like, that's the real divide. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 every, every divide in human history has, has generally been about economic inequality. It's do I have enough to provide for my family. Did you read the Redneck Manifesto? Have you read that book? No, I haven't. The Redneck read that Man- Manifesto is basically, uh, you know, a white author being like, "Hey guys, like, this isn't a fucking race issue, right? Like, this isn't. This has never been a race yeah, issue. No, it's it's poor against rich. It's like, always been. Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I spend too much time on Facebook, I uh, left that as an argument in a conversation, and this dude was like. What do you mean by that? And I was like, it's too late. It's yeah. too late. I just wanted to put a meme up of somebody just putting somebody in a chokehold, just being like, just go to sleep. Right, yeah. Just it's... go to sleep. It's too late for you if you don't see this. Yeah. I mean, you know, what do you think about this stuff? Because I, I still do, I still think that, um, and by, by stuff, well, I won't be vague. Um, and get, sorry if you're lo- logging in being like, I thought you guys were going to talk about football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not going to get that in any of my conversations. And the geeks are like, don't talk about football. Yeah. I thought you motherfuckers were going to talk about sci-fi. Right, exactly. <laughs> this is a political podcast what now. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> but, 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 but I like, but you're unique. And, uh, you know, usually I have people from entertainment. And, and you, not that you did not work in entertainment. You definitely worked in entertainment. But what do you think about now something that it, uh, it appears to be a noble cause? I believe in it. But like a Black Lives Matter movement that progresses a narrative that we're actually arguing against in a way right now. Like, are we arguing against it or not? You're arguing no, against it. Does I, that make sense? You yeah, yeah, no, from, I, right? I, yeah, I get because what you're I saying. believe in what Colin Kaepernick's doing. Right. It's so. So the thing is, is that the the fundamental underlying problem is is poor, rich versus poor. That, right. that is that is the basis for racism in America. Now, however. That's not also to say that there aren't problems we still need to address with racism in America. So it, it has to be, it's, it's, it's never one solution to one problem. There's, um, what is it? Uh, not interconnectivity, it's, um, I forget the word. Sure. But anyways, um, all of these things are, are tangled together in that if you want to address you know, the problem of, of rich versus poor, you also have to address the fact that America was built on slave labor. And America has been a racist nation since its conception and to this very day still is. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I told you I was a John Stockton fan. Uh-huh. And the, ja- the Jazz are still my team. Right. And again, I was checking Facebook before I came over here. And somebody had posted... Uh, because now they have like the mountain jerseys are back and like all the teams are doing the different retro jerseys mm-hmm. and this and that. So somebody had posted, what do you think the jazz colors are? And I wrote Caucasian. Right. <laughs> remember, Mayonnaise. Like, remember like, like Russell Westbrook blew right, yeah. up on them last year yeah. because saying they were, I don't, they're not a racist franchise. Geeks game. It's like, there's nobody less racist than, than the, I mean, Gail Miller's done a great job making sure that that is not a racist franchise. That being said, whenever they cut to the fan base, oh, yeah. when I'm watching that shit on NBA league pass, yeah. I'm like, Jonathan, you're Hispanic, bro. You, right. you need to be a Spurs fan. Right, yeah. This is just a sea of Wonder Bread. It's not. Just watching the game. I'm not proud. <laughs> yeah. But but no, I, I think that is that is something that we as a country have failed to address, you know, up, right. up to this point. Like, we, we've had attempts to address the, the underlying systemic issues of racism in our country, but they we, we haven't fully committed to them in a way that lasts. So, you we're know, first of the spear. What? Because Caucasians were first of the spear? 
Um, like going back to the spear versus stick. Oh yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, it took, it took me well, a moment to, to get my own. Oh, we've gone through thing. a lot of hoops, right? Yeah, so, but no, it very much is, is is the fact that as you know, as as Caucasians, as white people, you know, people who look like me, it's we have been accustomed to being in charge, right? We've right. been accustomed to being the ones to tell everyone oh, these else people what are to scared do. Out of their minds. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people and are scared like, out of their and, minds. And, and and what they think about is we have treated these other people so shittily for so long. <laughs> When they're in power, are they going to treat us shittily? Because that's how we treat people. <laughs> Did you see Kentucky just got that Democratic governor? Oh, yeah, governor? yeah, it was great. Kentucky just got a Democratic governor. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there, there was, a, I saw another thing. There was a, a district in Pennsylvania that elected, I think it was a mayor, and the, it was the first time they'd elected a Democratic mayor since 1799. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was like what the shit Geeks gave us we will be talking some geek stuff I'm just letting you know prep yourselves for some sci-fi shit going on in the next five years right the next five ten years I mean already you guys are getting you've been having nothing but double speak our entire lives like that is double speak straight up we've had nothing but double speak well it's it's crazy so my um, my younger daughter uh, today she's doing um, a project in school you know and it's about uh, patriotism you know and and veterans because veterans day is is coming up Um, and so she's like yeah you know we're gonna do about 9-11 because you know that's about patriotism and I'm I'm just like, oh boy, we're going to have to have a conversation. (laughs) I remember living in, I lived in Manhattan when that happened. I I just, I was a week into Columbia Mm -hmm. and it was grad school and I was still on a futon and like the mattress of the futon, the the actual frame of the futon hadn't shown up yet. (laughs) And I'm sitting in my my apartment and in the days after 9-11, you start hearing from from people who were getting in taxis that morning to Mm -hmm. go down to the Southern Battery and the taxi drivers wouldn't drop them off. Right. Like that shit. Yeah. I, I don't want to be like some. I don't. Want, I'm not Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Like I don't want to be like false flag. This and shit and this yeah. and that. But coordinated attacks, like, are coordinated. People talk about that shit, and there are leaks, and people know what's going on. Like, in in a, I just, I don't know how I feel about 9/11. I do know that there was a level of anti-wag the dog that happened in the transition between Clinton and Bush, mm-hmm. where. The pressure was not put on these guys, yeah. well, and, and these fuckers were on watch lists, and they got on the fucking right. plane. So, so I, I think I think it was a failure, a, fa- a failure from a bureaucratic standpoint, in that That's we had we had the information there. We just we we didn't put the pieces together, and we probably should have put the pieces together. Like that, okay, uh, Al Qaeda is planning an attack. These guys have been in flight They'd simulators. Like, they, they, right. they bombed the U.S. Oh, yeah, they, they, they attacked our. They, they like attacked the World Trade Center earlier. There were uh, embassies a couple in, years in, in Africa. Like Ninety four, ninety five, I think. Um, yeah, but the car, yeah, so, the car bomb in right. the parking lot. But but the 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 reason um, why why I brought it up in terms of you know patriotism and nine eleven is the fact that what we did afterwards was so not oh. patriotism. Oh, oh, <laughs> run with it. Let's like, just run with it. Like it was like okay, let's just institute an Orwellian surveillance state overnight because why it. wouldn't we? That's what I was explaining how I was explaining Giuliani last uh, night, and 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 the argument was, well, didn't he do good things for New York City? And I said, yeah, in the most Gestapo fucking right, tactic yeah, shit you've ever seen. Yes, you can go and enjoy Hamilton in the Lion King now, and it looks like Disneyland, right? Times Square, yeah. But, but, but there was a Times Square that looked like it was out of Frank Miller's fucking Daredevil. Yeah, exactly. It looked like Sin fucking City. Yeah. 
where you could not, if you want to go see, like, right, you want to see New York. <laughs> if you actually went to see Hamilton, you'd be right. meeting a guy named Hamilton yeah. to get a blowjob. Yep. Like, like, it was a much different New York yep. City before uh, before Giuliani came in and started boot, like kicking people with boots. Right. Yeah. Well, and and, and so and let's so let's bring it back to the geek space. So the newest Call of Duty Modern Warfare, right? So they have a scene in there that recreates um, the the U.S. Uh, led coalition of forces bombing. Uh, um, it was a, I think it was called The Road of Death or something like that. Shout out to Chad Michael Collins, yeah. who's one of the actors in the game, former yeah. Geekscape. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the, uh, the actual scenario was it happened during the Iraqi war. The um, Iraqi army and civilians were retreating down this road. Sure. And so the coalition forces just, and, and it's a war crime to do this. You, Absolutely. You, you can't blow up combatants and non-combatants that are fleeing the scene. Like, you, you don't get to do that. So we bombed the shit out of them. But the UN like, never approved that war to begin with. Well... Regardless, it, it, it happened. So, 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 so the whole fucking war was a war crime. Right, yeah. So, 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 the whole war was uh, yes, a war the crime. Whole, yes, the whole war was indeed a war crime. But this was a, a, very, a very big war crime in the midst of the even bigger war crime. But, but in, the, in the most recent... Are you still with this, Geeks? Yeah, are you still with this? Okay, so I promise you, this is getting back to Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. So in, in the most recent Call of Duty, they have that scenario... But it's and it's the exact scenario. They have the geography is exactly the same. The road looks exactly the same. They're not even trying photos. to hide it. Right, not even hide, trying to hide it. But the people responsible in the game, Russians. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so okay. now you're, you're going to get a whole generation of kids growing up playing Call of Duty, and they think, oh yeah, you know, it's the Russians who did that. And it's well, like, we well, no, grew that up was, with Red Dawn, right? So yeah, in, but, in, but, in Rocky Four, right? But but the key thing is, is that they won't know that it was us. Like, oh, I hear what you're saying. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, the Russians <laughs> are playing our part. Yes. Oh, and they're the villains in this yes. scenario. That was our... <laughs> yes, that was us oh, doing the bombing. Fucked. That's yes. fucked. You can't be doing that. Oh, right? Come on, guys. Do better. <laughs> right? Like, come that's... on. Do better, guys. Like, at least acknowledge the fact that we did this so we can maybe, like, try not to do it again. Don't just pawn it off on some other nation that we currently, you know, happen to, to have unfriendly relations with. Dude, like... Well, you're active on it's... Twitter. And Geekscape is... If you want to follow Chris on Twitter, it's Chris Warcraft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's a geek. Yeah. Um, I saw this... I went to see the new Terminator movie. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. It, it, I actually I've heard it. it's been great reviews. I actually loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and I was not expecting to love it. Okay, but I actually loved it. And then a few days later, um, on that horrid thing called Twitter, and I, <laughs> it is a hell site. It is a hell site. <laughs> and I see this person talking about how Terminator underperformed. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, I, it, <laughs> was it the same way as the Last Jedi underperformed yeah. and the new no, Ghostbusters no, 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 underperformed? No. Well, I think it's closer. I think it's closer to the last Ghostbusters. Too. It, when it made, it made twenty some odd, twenty eight, twenty nine million, and obviously they spent like one hundred eighty million or something mm-hmm. like that on it. And and I loved it. And I think that the the problem is the people that it's aimed at are mm-hmm. a generation younger than ours, Chris and. We grew up with two great Terminator movies, right? So we were, All, stoked, yeah. we were stoked to see the great Terminator movies. Yep. They grew up with, with, with T three and Terminator on, movies. and they're like, "What are they making another?" Yeah. And China's not going to bail you guys out this time, right? Yeah, because, China doesn't care about the, Terminator because the last Terminator movie was the Regenesis or whatever it was. Yeah. That one, that one ba- also bombed in the U.S. but right. got bailed out in China mm-hmm. when it was the only movie out in theaters. But we have created such a co-production with our with our studios in China that now it's just as competitive in China as it is here. Oh, yeah. And, and, and somebody like Legendary isn't going to go out and try and save Warcraft or whatever by just blocking every 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 screen in China mm-hmm. so that you only see Terminator, only see right, yeah, exactly. Warcraft. And you Geekscapists will remember they did the same thing with that first Pacific Rim. We got a sequel yep. to Pacific Rim because Pacific Rim bombed in the US, bombed in Japan, hit China, was yes. the only thing to watch, <laughs> totally hit numbers, we got a yep. Pacific Rim too. 
I don't from the numbers from China because because it's changed just in like the three four years. Terminator, this one's not going to happen, but it's a yeah. good movie and it's drenched in the political stuff. Sweet, like, yeah. like they've, they've like, always been political, this, and that's what I'm saying. This guy, <laughs> this this neckbeard dude on Twitter was like, I don't think audiences want to see political pro female stuff <laughs> like that in their sci-fi. Well, and, you're not going to like my said, book then. And I was like, and I was like <laughs> motherfucker, he actually had the gall to reference the Alien franchise. Oh jeez, and I'm like, you dumb bastard with Ripley. <laughs> Did you see the first two Alien movies? I said, I said, hopefully woke culture won't, won't won't remember these oh my god I, I just sit there reading this shit and being like Jonathan you have work to do what are you doing on this right? fucking site yeah. this guy doesn't the, the memories are so short at this point oh yeah yeah no it's a, well and, and again that gets back to the, the conversation about you know being able to put yourself in your own echo chamber like, right. that's where it's like okay if you just want to surround yourself you know with shitty 8chan people like you can do that <laughs> wait, wait Chris, can, can I ask you because I think sure <laughs> When did the 4chan become 8chan? So, when 4chan became 8, so 4chan because still I, exists. I already yeah. hated 4chan. Yeah, so, so 8chan was for all the people that got kicked off 4chan for being too shitty for even 4chan. <laughs> what is the level of shitception that has to be recorded? Like, what, what, what point uh, do you become 8chan? It, it was child porn. <laughs> these, yep, these were all the people who wanted to post child porn, and 4chan the, was wait, like, are you being nope, serious? I'm being dead serious. <laughs> No, yep. Elon Musk, I am all for you creating places in space for people to live. I right. know who to volunteer. Right, exactly. First. Yeah, like, just send them out on a one-way trip. Fuck like, that. Yeah, no, so a big part of it was during um, Gamergate. Like I remember lot, Gamergate. Yeah, so a lot of the organizing that was going on started on 4chan, and then it got so bad that they, they essentially kicked them off, and so they formed when, 8chan. When 4chan Right? <laughs> you don't fucked up. <laughs> Like, in four, four chance, all the people have been kicked off of Reddit. Yep. <laughs> in Reddit's all the people who can't function in normal life. I can't fucking deal with this right now. It's oh just a God. rabbit hole all the way down. I, I honestly looked up, like, because I try and stay away from all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I literally looked up the other day, and I was like... 8chan? Yeah, yep. <laughs> and 16chan, you're just fucking primordial. Right? Yeah, it's, just, it's just an endless scream. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's They're fun. building pyramids on our backs, people. Yeah. It's, uh, the, hey, yeah, no, we got we got the internet. Yay. History repeating. It does. Remember when, remember when Al Gore built this shit to bring yeah. us all together? <laughs> right? Yeah. That's not going to happen. It didn't really work out the way he planned. <laughs> The internet's gonna bring us all together, yep. and it's going to bring it. Well, actually, so so he wasn't wrong. It just brought all the shitty people together too. But oh man, yeah. Did, like, did you throw, did somebody throw water on them and feed them after midnight? Like yes. how did these fucking people turn out? Like, well, so so a lot of that too. Getting back to education, right? If you don't yes. if you don't know that you shouldn't act this way, and and if you're stuck in this echo chamber where it's like you know people constantly egging each other on to you know be worse and worse and worse and worse, like because they're attention whores. Everybody thinks they need deserve to be famous. You do yep. not deserve to be famous. I, it's. I've I've been you shouldn't be semi famous. like you know I, I would say I would rank myself as like a Z list celebrity oh, my maybe brother, but, my bro- my but brother it sucks Paul, like being no. famous is guys <laughs> my bro- my brother Paul I love him to death my brother Paul was a WWE wrestler for almost a decade mm-hmm. you know and 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 the like 
The things that that did to his brain, not only like getting hit by chairs on a nightly basis. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help. I mean, I mean, you think? I mean, I, yeah. I honestly asked my brother to get a scan. Yeah, it's about a, a year ago. Uh, you know, I got. We were Paul and I were talking a lot about like my work in therapy and, mm-hmm. and things that I love and have embraced Geekscape. I think you guys call me Jonathan 3.0 or 2.0 at this point <laughs> because of just how many twists Geekscapes turned in our message. Um, and I was thinking today, I was like, I'm just gonna call you guys my kindness cult. I want you guys to <laughs> there you go. In, in the sea of eight chans, right? Yeah, I want Geekscape in yeah. the don't hate create message to be the kindness cult, right? In the geek world. <laughs> um, but I was thinking, but I remember just asking my brother because. I thought to myself, I was like, okay, first off, the steroids thing. Like, mm-hmm. Congress wanted to clear out baseball, clear out wrestling. Right. <laughs> because there are people our age who are just dying with their toothbrushes in their hands yeah. from heart attacks. But um, the, the, the chairs to the fucking head, the, the jumps off of the, 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 the cages and stuff like that. And Paul right. did all that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, it's not like they have a union either. They don't like, have a union. And I talked about a few episodes ago, Geeks Gave, because I did a solo episode, and we were talking about a... E- What's it called? Geekscape is this new. Uh, I think it's AEG a- e- G- All or that. Entertainment, and a- that sounds w, great. Something like that, yeah. But the fact that you guys in wrestling don't have a season like right. like calendar, just make three rosters. They all work for eight months each. Yeah, they overlap four months with the other rosters, <laughs> yep. and they get four months off season paid, yeah. and right. then. And health insurance. Tell me a wrestler that's not going to sign up for that. Exactly. Well, so, and now seeing that WWE has a Fox show now. Yep. That's, and I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. This but, is going in the wrong direction, yeah, man. But, but, but again, all that money is going to the top. It's not getting spread of course, out to the people of course. who are I remember doing the work. My brother, was his frustrations, and he started to be vocal about this stuff. And he was done. Yep. You know, and, and, and you've been in that situation where mm-hmm. you're vocal about your treatment. Yep. And you're vocal about the climate within your sport. And then you're done. Yep. That's well. I mean, that's that's again human nature. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like as as, as income inequality grows, the people who speak out against it are the ones targeted by the ones who have. I the can't power believe Kaepernick doesn't have a fucking yeah. job. No, he's he's he should have a job. Like he he is he is better yes. than, than at least twelve of the quarterbacks that are starting quarterbacks right, right now in the NFL. Probably better than twenty. Like it's and and no one's saying he's going to be the next coming you know of Brett Favre. He's, no, but I saw him on that 49ers team enough. against the Seahawks. Like, yeah. I remember seeing that Seahawks 49ers Super Bowl. I mean, like, oh, that guy's the future. Of the yeah, no, he's he's good. He's a good player. And 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 again, this is the a big problem. You know, it, it's a reflection of of society as a whole. You know, kind of in the microcosm of the NFL, in that you have you know you have the owners who have all the power. And they don't even necessarily have to willingly collaborate to keep him out of the league. They can just each make a choice to say, you know what, I just don't want him on my team because I don't like what he's talking about. Because it makes me confront some hard truths that I don't want to look at. Did you have years left, do you think? You, did you, oh, yeah, yeah. You, no, had, I, you felt like you left years on the table? Yeah, I, I actually went out the other day um, cause, uh, with the freshman football team. So I, I was punting balls to them, you know, just to give them some fun so they could be like, oh, I caught Yeah, but you know, you're not like Uncle Rico. And- oh, no, no, no. I, I, I actually can kick it over the mountains. Remember that geek's game Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite? My like, coach just put me in in the fourth quarter. But you weren't Uncle rico <laughs> with these kids. Oh, you no, can no, actually no. punt this Yeah, no, I, I, was, I was legit like hanging him up there. And so, no, it, it's generally most, uh, most kickers and punters in the NFL, um, if you make it past your first two years or so, you tend to last on average about 11 or 12 you, years. Because 
You're not getting the hits. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Your, your like body... You punt, and then you, right, yeah, then and then the, you're and out. you get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you still run down in coverage and try to make sure, the tackle. Sure, but, sure. yeah, you're not taking the constant low-grade pounding that all the other guys are. But, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely... As, as, as a punter, I was expecting to play until I was probably, like, 39, 40, 41. Did you know so. Jeff Hatch... He's a buddy uh, of mine I went to Penn with, and he I, and, and he he ended up working in the he ended up working with the rehab facility. That's that I think he helped uh, Geekscape. I don't know, but in Baton Rouge, there's a rehab facility now for mm-hmm. like people who got, get addicted to this shit. Okay, because their bodies are just breaking right down. Yeah, yeah, and no. and they won't be honest with you, will they? No, not like, really. Like I remember the doctors in WWE were telling my brother like they'll, yeah. they'll spray his arm and be like, so, hey, it's just sprained. Right. They spray it down, and then my brother's getting a massage like. Uh, a couple months later, and they're like, "Hey, when did you fracture your arm?" Right? He's like, "It's calcified here," <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "What?" And he yep. just remembers the doctors being like, "Oh, it's a sprain." Yeah, my um, my rookie year in the NFL, um, the first uh, the training staff that the Vikings had while I was there um, under the old old management, um, I tore my ACL. And, I've done that twice. Yeah, in oh, week yeah. I think it was week eleven against Detroit. Yeah, you're out of and, here. Good and luck. So, well. So they, um, I, in the same game, I also took a, a late hit to my ankle. So I thought I, I thought I'd broken my ankle, but right. like it turned out my ankle was just badly sprained. But um, when they were doing the test on my ankle, I'm like, hey, can you take a look at my knee too? Because you know Fuck I, I no. felt something buckle. You can't like, do that. It, so so oh, it's a hyperextension. You know, so they looked at it and said, so they told me your knee is damaged. <laughs> I'm like. Okay, I, I guess it's damage. And so as a rookie in the NFL, especially as an undrafted free agent rookie, it's like, okay, I got to get out on the field because otherwise they're going to replace Did you, me. You played on that? So I, I played the last three uh, games, no, the last four games of my rookie year with a torn ACL on my kicking leg. <laughs> I tore my shit in a fucking YMCA. I couldn't even finish the pickup yep. game. <laughs> so it was... Dude, my, my knee, when I tore my ACL the first time, I, I was in the... I remember the dudes in the, in the game were like, you rolled it. Like, and, I, and it feels like right. you it, rolled your ankle. Yeah, it feels unstable. It feels like, totally unstable. Yep. <laughs> and it's like... No, dudes, I'm getting out of this fucking right. game. You went and played three more games <laughs> yeah, than rookies. Well, I had to. Like, I know, I know, I know. You're trying to make the team. <laughs> you got to make the team. That is but, such a right. that's a dangerous climb. Oh, yeah. no. It's, well, so, and here's the thing is that the day after the season ended, they're like, oh, you tore your ACL. You should get surgery on that. And I was like, wait, wait, you, wait, wait. They you sat didn't, on that information? Oh, yeah, they sat on it. <laughs> And, it, and what's funny is you can actually go back and see because I talked to some reporters um, like later on in life and and they're like yeah we thought it was really weird how you know on the injury report they just said like you know injured knee like with no we specifics it was, <laughs> we it was weird how your knee would bend in a different way <laughs> so yeah needless to say after that year they got rid of the um, that training staff the, the new training staff they have yeah. is actually a legit training staff Chris, when did you become double jointed right <laughs> as well as after I didn't get the surgery I needed on my knee dude that is a rough game. surgery yeah. So, um, but yeah, so anyways, like I, I, I can definitely see where in wrestling it would be the same, same thing where it's like, okay, you know, we're just trying to get these guys back out I don't like for it. entertainment. I don't want to support it's, wrestling. Well, it's, um, it, it's bread and circuses. It's, I don't it's, like it. It's modern gladiatorial entertainment. I mean, be- wrestling, football, uh, MMA, boxing, like all the contact sports. It's not, it's not about what's best for your body. It's what will get the most entertainment, you know, views. Well, oh, you guys are a meat like, grinder. Yeah, no, it's you like, can go like, through the meat grinder. churns people through, so... Yeah, but again, that's a societal thing. We've decided as a society that we value that. We give lots of money to the people who make that happen. And we still give them money even when they don't take care of the, yeah. the employees. I went so. on a rant oh, uh, about a month ago. I accidentally killed my brother in a Twitter post where I, mm-hmm. I was feeling nostalgic. And like I just I remember like just getting in my car and writing... <laughs> and writing I'm sorry, my brother was one of the best WWE cruiserweights of all time. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe that, and a lot of wrestling fans believe that. And um, 
but WWE doesn't showcase cruiserweights. At least they didn't mm-hmm. then at all. So, uh, so like really the hardcore wrestling fans know that, right? And I remember it, it started to get retweeted, and people suddenly were like, "Wait, did something happen?" It, <laughs> And before I know it, an hour later, it's R.I.P. Paul London. Oh, and I'm like, what the fuck? I call my, I call my brother. And I'm just like, oh, shit. This thing gets retweeted a couple thousand times. I call my brother to see if he wanted to go to lunch. And he goes, what the fuck did you do? What did you do? Like, you killed me. I have friends calling to make sure I'm not dead. because. And I was like, dude, you know that whole thing they say where if you feel something about somebody, and you and I, Paul, more than anything, we've lost our brother, we should know this. Right. Like, you know how you, you know you have to tell them how you feel while you're alive and that you appreciate them? I didn't even tag you in the post. <laughs> All I said, I didn't even say your name. I did not say your name. I said, my brother was one of the best WWE cruiserweights, and I don't care who's listening. Nobody's listening. It's me. Uh, and I just wrote that, and next thing you know, the wrestling fans were like, what done happened? <laughs> and it's because they've created a climate in their support of this institution where people our age die all the time. Mm-hmm. And yep. so the first default right, is, is, oh, he's Someone's dead. dead. Yep. He's dead. Like, question that. Right. Like, Question it, this thing you're feeding. It, exactly. Like, if that's, if that's your base state. That was um, the default. <laughs> like, that's, that's not great. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm like, guys. Watch basketball. Yeah, <laughs> I say that. I say that as an unabashed basketball fan. I love yeah. basketball. Uh, okay, so listen. We, let's start talking about these books. Sure. <laughs> um, you got a couple. You got this new book of Taku coming out in March. I do. Yes. Um, I just told the. Okay, so we used to review books on Geekscape on the site, but mm-hmm. Geekscape. If you want to write for Geekscape, go for it. I don't have the ability to have my writers read the entire books, and I literally. <laughs> Last week, told the person at Tor Books who's publishing mm-hmm. your book, mm-hmm. "Hey, we don't need to review copies anymore. I can't get, I, they can't read them in time. Okay, like I can barely watch movies in time before people <laughs> come on the show." And so, your book is being put out by Tor. That's huge. It is. Yes, it's very huge. It's you know, very well established science fiction fantasy publisher. Like, huge. It, like for me, growing up, like you know, you see the the Tor label, uh, you know, on, on the books that I read, and so like to be published by them is like like. I'm I'm happier about that. I'm more proud about that than making it in the NFL. Because the NFL is just like, okay, yeah, I know I'm good at this. Like, I know if I could, I you know commit myself, I can I can probably make it. But this is like, I don't know if I'm any good as a writer. Like, I, I don't I don't know if people are gonna like this or not. Dude, but... I don't think anybody. I, I, <laughs> right? I don't think it's. I don't think. It's, I think that that's one of the things. Uh, I forget who I was reading the other day, but he was the author. He wrote the first Men in Black. Uh, he wrote Bill and Ted's, and he was reading the other day. He said, I want. He goes, my biggest wish is to believe that I'm a good writer. Right. And it'll probably happen an hour before I die. Yeah. It's <laughs> an hour before I die, I'll right. believe I'm a good writer. Right. It's like, I, I, I think it's good, but I don't know. Like, yeah. So, but yeah, no, so that's why it's great to, you know, to, to, to have that, that feeling that, you know, like I'm being published by Tor. Like, that's, that's crazy. amazing. Like, but Otaku, you describe Otaku yeah. as a love hate love letter to gaming. Yes. So, um, so um, I started writing it back in I think it was like 2012. Um, it was right, uh, it was either 2012 or 2013, right when um, Gamergate was happening. Yeah. It was kind of a it was a, it was a, I originally started writing as a middle finger to Gamergate because I'm like, okay, I want to write a kick-ass sci-fi book that you know you would expect the white straight male protagonist you know to be. The, the hero in, in Geekscape is I've seen the demographics on Geekscape I know the majority of you guys are exactly what Chris just described and I love you I love you 
But I also think that you guys are more elevated than the person that we're actually talking about. Yeah. You, you no. did not discover my show on 8chan. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I want to piss off the channers. Like, I, right. and, and, you know, I, That's I want, who we're talking right, about. Right, I want to piss off the people who get upset at an all-female Ghostbusters movie. Because yeah. it's like, who the fuck cares? Like, no, you, I was upset. <laughs> if, when it comes to that Ghostbusters movie, and I said it on the show... I'm mostly upset at the studio. Right. Like, Nora Ephron should have made that movie. Yeah. Like, Nora like, Ephron like, died, but she should have been the one making that movie. Right, like, commit to it. Like, like actually like, commit to making... Nora Ephron female Ghostbusters yeah. would have fucking rock. Yeah, and so and, and so and, uh, I originally started writing a talk. It was like, okay, I, I want this to be this kick-ass adventure. You know, I, I want it to, to go... Th- like, I love William Gibson's books. I love mm-hmm. kind of, like, you know, like, cyberpunk and the semi-dystopic, like, near-future stuff. And I was like, I want to write something like that, but I want it to feature people that... The eight channers and all the the freaking low life neckbeards of the internet are right. gonna look at and be like, "Why is that a woman? Why why yeah. can, why is she doing because that?" You don't like, have a billion other books exactly. that hold that narrative. Yes, exactly. So like like I, I wanted to write a book for other people to read where they could be like, "Oh, cool! I can see myself in that story." You know, I I can. I, it doesn't have to be the straight white male hero this time. You know, it's it's you know it. They're the the main character, the protagonist, Ash. She's um, a black woman, so half black, half Asian. And then it like, because another thing that as a gamer, I, I grew up playing games my entire life, still play games. One thing that gaming culture really has to acknowledge and reckon with is the fact that it is racist as fuck. Racist as fuck, right? Like like it is. I mean, I'm sure everyone has a story about you're online on Xbox, PlayStation, you know, team chat, Ventrilo, whatever, and someone just casually drops an N-bomb. Totally. Like, like, like it's, I guarantee you, it, it is happening this why very Why do they always minute. have accents? Why, are they, like, why do they always sound like, hey, you, you know what I mean? It, it, hey, Mark. It's, well, it's either that or it sounds like a nine-year-old kid. Nine-year-old. <laughs> and it's with the yeah. high-pitched, shrill I would not, voice, like... I would so, keep the mic off if I was, a, or the headphones off if yeah. I was a female on the internet. Oh yeah, no, and, sure. and, and that's the thing. It's like, and that's actually one of the things that um, Ash, the main character, has to deal with is the fact that she is the so in this world she's the best gamer in this world, and so the the game itself is um, this gets more into kind of my sports background, sure. but um, it's a game uh, based on sort sort of like an MMO, you know, online universe, but you're actually moving around and doing the stuff in that world. So think mm-hmm. um, like a full. Uh, how familiar are you with uh, haptics um, feedback? Uh, it's essentially it's the way so haptic technology so it's like skin you're wearing uh, not uh, not quite it's more she's inside a sphere okay got so, it so as, as you run the sphere turns sure. you know, as you reach out the sure. sphere deforms so it, but you're wearing you know virtual reality goggles so right. you're, you're essentially as you're playing this game you're training your body to do all these motions and so okay. be, because one of the things that I don't think a lot of people realize is you know as games get closer and closer and closer to real life you know we are actually training our bodies to do that and oh, so yeah. like for example um, drone controllers right like they, they use an Xbox controller because kids are used to growing up Thumbsticks, move them around, you hit the buttons, stuff happens. So if you're actually training your body to do this stuff, you know, as a professional athlete, I had to spend thousands and thousands of hours training my body to go through these very specific motions to get really good at it. So if you spent thousands and thousands of hours actually training yourself, you know, to shoot a rifle with pinpoint accuracy or to, you know, use martial arts at a very high level, you are not just functionally mastering that in the game. You're also able to do that in real oh, life. Oh, yeah, you're Ender's game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so you you are now the, you know, the badass cyber ninja who can do whatever. And so that that's one of the one of the things in the book is is that 
what happens if someone takes advantage of all those people? If reality starts right, calling, and right? Saying, yeah, exactly. Hey, we know you require these skills in a in a right. in a in a in a, in a way that was uh, not uh, was simulated, right? But we actually need your skills right, in reality, right? But but the problem is, is that it's not the good people of reality who no. come calling. <laughs> they're seen as a, they're seen as a threat. No, no, no. It's it's they're seen as an army that or someone recruit. can yeah someone can recruit, recruit. And, yeah. and and so um basically they kind of get taken over, and so she she and her friends uh, her guildies have to figure out okay how is this because it affects her personally, right. and then um she has to figure out okay how, how are we stopping this people right? who don't like agree with it right start going yeah no so so it's 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 really and then um another big part of the book too is that it's set um it's set in the future uh probably like 40 50 years in the future and uh, climate change is a big part of it because it is it is impossible to look at our world and and not see that climate change is happening it's possible it's possible if you're dumb it's possible (laughs) some people think it's possible people think it's possible Um, but somehow they still go outside right right i don't know how that doesn't hit them over the fucking head yeah so no um, it's possible chris yeah certain certain level of ostrich cold True. Yeah, just bury that head real deep. No, it's possible, yeah, sadly. It's, so it's um so it's set in Miami, but like Miami 40, 50 yeah, years from now is getting it's not underwater. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you mean Atlantis? Right, yeah, exactly. So and so that's the city that set it. It's just a bunch of skyscrapers coming yeah. up out of the water. And so yeah. like and and it's also um it was, yeah, okay. There's a um it's set after a uh, civil war in America. Because one of the one of the other oh, things that'll never happen. yeah that'll never happen. I mean, well, well, so, it's happened on Twitter every day. Yeah, every day. Well, and that's so brief, brief tangent. Um, that is a very worrying sign that like we we are we are further polarizing like yeah. ourselves as a country, well, and, I and, mean, and and that is one of the reasons why I you said, can't celebrate horse races for as long as we celebrate the horse race yeah. of, of our of our culture and our right. information. Yeah, you have teams. You have, We've only downloaded information in right. horse race culture. Yeah, it's, like, it's red team and blue team. If you're not on one team, fucking, you're are you kidding? You're an enemy and. So, but the yeah. founders <laughs> warned us against this. Yep. And, and so one, one of the, just a mental exercise I was, you know, thinking to myself was like, what, what, under what believable scenario would nuclear weapons be used on, on American soil? So there, there's generally two, two scenarios that I can think of. One is an, an outside party, uh, you know, single actor, like a terrorist organization gets a hold of one, brings it in, sets it off. Sure. There's been plenty of stuff that's dealt with that. Sure. The other, the other scenario is the, we do it to ourselves. So it's because because we're not talking full on you know global no, apocalypse you do it to everything instigate. Was, right you do it to instigate it's, a response right or it's you're just fighting each other and sure. it just gets so bad you, the army splinters you know the the command forces splinter and so each side has them and then all of a sudden someone sets a couple right. off and so it that that kind of um, that kind of sets the stage for this world that Ash is existing in and and it's one where you know it, it there are familiar parts where you know the internet still exists but it's each country has its own internet. So like what we're seeing in China right now, right? Yeah. You know, they have the Great Firewall. And, and that's something Russia just... Uh, I went to did Russia. Their, I did it, comedy for in Russia for a week in, in August. And, well, I'll try and send you the video of me on stage yelling USAA over. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that go? I wasn't going to go out like a bitch. Yep. Peace campus, I was not going to come back a bitch. Yeah, that's, uh, but, but no... Uh, I Russia, always got my nuts electrocuted, but I wasn't going to come back a bitch. <laughs> yep. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Um, but yeah, so, so Russia actually just tested their own capability to isolate themselves from the rest of the internet as a whole. So that, you know, that's something they're working towards. I'm, our, I'm sure our government, there's portions of people in it that are like, well, yeah, of course we want to isolate you know, everyone well, from all this other do. stuff. If, you're, if you have this tiered system, if you have these guys in, in already like the head of the FCC, mm-hmm. you know, these guys have agreed to an almost cable-like tiered system right. to 
the internet. Right, yeah, exactly. It's no so, longer going to be democratic. Yeah, no, it, it'll be okay if you pay X amount of dollars, you can see this level of content. You, but, say, you know net, net neutrality lost, right? Yeah, we, like, just, we need to get we that We just back. need someone to flip the switch, but <laughs> yeah. net neutrality is one, something that... Yeah, no, it's super important. It's huge. <laughs> like, so we don't become China. Right, exactly. And so... And so Long story short, so all of this stuff informs that world that that mm. this book takes place in because because that was the other thing. Like I, I you know, I did worst case scenario where you, a flower is grown. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's like a nice. It's a it's a story about hope. Yeah, yes, exactly. And it's, sun it's, shining it, through. Right. It's, but, it, it's it's a crappy place, but it's one where people continue to fight. Sure. They they continue to try to make their lives better, and sure. that and I and I try to show that throughout the entirety of the book. It's like yeah, there there's stuff going on. Like there's bad things happening, but you know people are still trying to go on with their lives. They're still trying to make every day a little bit better than the day before because that is also part of human nature as well. Like you know for all the conflicts we've had in our history, for all the terrible shit we've done to each other, we've also also moved past it. We've also been able to, to pick ourselves up and be like, okay, let's try not to do that next time. Let's try to be a little bit better next time. And so the question is, can we outrace the destruction part and, yeah. and then be, you know, and, and figure it out quick enough? I think I think we're outracing so, a short memory, yeah. and the and the memory is very short because of the stratification of, of everything running at our attentions. I mean, we're going at a frequency that I don't think our, I don't think our brains can curve yeah. around the frequency oh. at which we're getting messages. And so we're all ADD. We're, we're, we're stuck in, in a maze that does not have any exit to it. And we're just being put in circles. Um, and we're on these platforms that are free. But Geekscape is, if you're not paying for a product, you're the product. Yep, you're the product. <laughs> so, so when you go and you spend free time on on some of these Twitters and and hey, listen to Geekscape, I gave it to you for free. Um, yes, you guys are my audience aggregate. Thank you. Oh, I want to say thank you guys for helping me with my crowdfund campaign last summer to finish our film Chasing Fletcher Allen. I started setting it out to festivals. I could not have done it without you. But guess what? It's my reward for you guys being a product that I've built yep. over the last decade. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. Sometimes good things come from right? the fact that <laughs> yeah. you, things are free. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, this is all the same system. Um, I want to ask you about writing a character specifically. Sure. Like as a writer myself, you've already said that you had a little bit of imposter syndrome in writing sci-fi and writing in general. But now you're writing somebody who is a different race and gender. Yep. Mm-hmm. How did you wrap yourself around going into that mindset for that character in order to be able to empathize with that character and, and, and speak in their voice? Right. Which I find sometimes when I'm writing female characters, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I asked Terry Moore about it. You know Terry Moore? He did Strangers in Paradise, the comic. Okay. Yeah. And I said, Terry Moore, I was like, I just saw him at Comic Con when we were setting up our booth, Geekscapus, and I was walking. The, I like to walk around early. Uh, well, actually, Matt Kelly, thank you so much, Matt Kelly, for setting up the booth early. But when I do get to the booth early, which I don't think happened this past summer, I like to walk around as the creators are setting up their booth because you get a little bit of chance to talk to them before the doors open. And I just asked Terry Moore. I said, "Hey, man, how do you write these?" Because <laughs> he himself has written some really great female characters, um, and he was like, "Just." Acknowledge that they sound like you. They actually right. they have the same motivations as you, but they're usually right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. No. It was uh, for, for me. It was. It was definitely. Yeah. Um. It was. I initially wrote. Okay. Here's ba- based on everything I know, like e- everything I've read, all the people I've met, you know, everything I've seen. Like this. This is how I think this character would act. And so, you know, wrote it. Did went entirely through the first draft. 
Then I asked a couple women to read it. <laughs> so it, it was a it was a male character at the time, or it was uh, no, always, no, always always a female always, character. Always a female okay, character. so you did your yeah, you yeah. did your best shot as a male. Yeah, so I did my best shot. Is like okay, I mm-hmm. think this is how it works, but I know that that's not my experience. You know, especially it's not my experience because I'm I'm not I a woman. It's on, it's yeah. not my experience because I'm a, I'm white. Like mm-hmm. I I don't know that that experience of being black. And so I I asked a couple women, uh, one of whom is white, one of whom is black, and I'm like, hey, please. Give me your feedback. Like what what works, what doesn't work, and then and then I went and did revisions because because mm-hmm. that's the thing you can't just ask for help doing something. You then have to listen and incorporate yeah. the feedback yeah. that you get. Because if someone tells you no, that's wrong. Like that's not the way it is. It doesn't matter how much you like that particular yeah. little sentence. Like at that point, you, you need are, to change it. You are a crappy. <laughs> right? Yeah. At you, that point. You're the asshole for not um, changing it. And then how so. Andy uh, wasn't even wrote The Martian. Oh yeah, like, Andy like, Weir. Andy yeah. Weir kept throwing that thing at the science community. Mm-hmm. Right. When yeah. He was exactly. The Mar- the spoiler geeks gave us Andy Weir's never been to Mars. Yeah, but right. <laughs> he wrote the he wrote the Martian as free chapters. Right. In every chapter, he would submit to the yeah. science community well, online, and they would they would correct and be like, "Hey, that's not how that works." It, exactly. Like, because because if you want something right, like ask people who know sure. who know what to like. It's okay to be coached by other people. It's okay to admit that you didn't get something right. And and you know, again, brief tangent. I think that is a big problem with with our current culture right now is that people are so afraid of being wrong that they're like, "Oh, I'm right no matter what." It's like, no, it's it's okay to be wrong. Well, like, it's great to be yeah, wrong. Yeah, like, like, just don't make the same mistake again. Uh, <laughs> like, learn from your mistakes. Failure is feedback. Right, exactly. Like, when you failed to do something, you now know, okay, I shouldn't do that next time. Failure is growth. Right, let me, let me try to figure out the right way Geeks to do Kibis, that. You've been witness yeah. to that for 13 years in my life. Like, hey, I've given you this Truman Show podcast, and you guys have seen me up and down. Um, have you read Ryan Holiday's Ego is the Enemy? Uh, no, I haven't. I, you know, I walked in Geekscapist, and he has a, such an extensive collection of sci-fi and fantasy books right in his entryway. Um, but my, my wife keeps telling me I need to buy more bookcases because well, I keep well, more Yeah, books. I mean, that happens. And, and, and I actually get texts from people asking right. for sci-fi book recommendations, fantasy mm-hmm. book recommendations. The majority of books I read are books like Ryan Holiday's, mm-hmm. which are like self-help books. Right. I, I, the majority of my books... Are nonfiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, again, like recent uh, guest Felicia Day, she just put out that that really cool book on creativity, and it's really a wellness book about expressing yourself and being sure of yourself. Definitely recommended to you guys. But I don't find myself. I, I find myself like reaching to get. I think The Martian was a book I read recently. I read it in 2015, so not that mm-hmm. recently. But I don't read a lot of fiction books, but. There's truth in that fiction. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about a lot, like, I mean, clearly otaku is some form of your claustrophobia within a society, in a structure, in something like the NFL, and then beyond the NFL, the, 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 what you find yourself in politically here, mm-hmm. and just the, living in the United States as a white male, like, that had to have been kind of your lodestone for leading you through this narrative correct yeah was, well i wanted to write a cool story but i also wanted it to have layers where if you just want to read it you know as sure. oh here's you know action sci-fi story you know the the heroine is going through and you know stuff happens and you can absolutely do that but there's there's so many like contextual layers and and references you know to stuff not just going on right now but stuff that might happen in the future you know stuff that has happened in the past yeah like well and and that's that's always been my favorite thing about a good sci-fi and fantasy is that generally 
the the outside trappings of the story are like, oh, wizards, dragons, fireballs, you know, or lasers, spaceships. But the story being told is a very human story. It's it's talking about us. And as, as you read it throughout your life, right, you're gonna right. Yes, to yeah, yeah. You you get you get different. You get different. I mean, the Ender's Game that I read as a kid, you know, seven, eight, whatever, when I first read it, is way different than the Ender's Game I read now as right. an adult. And and part of that too is also you know knowing who the author is and what yeah. he stands for. <laughs> yeah, politically. <laughs> like, let's talk about Orson. Right? Let's, yeah. <laughs> there's, or, there's a whole other 30-minute conversation. Orson, you might want to keep your mouth <laughs> Yeah. So, but, but no, but that's, that, that to me, that is the, the really good writing is one that you can keep going back to it and you can mm-hmm. find something new each time. And, and that was the kind of book that I wanted to try to write as well, where I was like, okay, yeah, the first time through you're going to read it, you're going to come away with you know, certain feelings, certain thoughts. The second time through you're going to read it, you're like, oh, I missed that the first time through. Like, what, that really you know, opened up my eyes to this other part. And then you know, the third time through, like, like I want to write a book that I enjoy reading. Sure. <laughs> so, and I enjoy reading it. Like, is, is it the beginning of a series? Or is this um, a one-off? It's, I have an idea for a sequel. Um, I'm, I'm about 30,000 words into a potential sequel. I'm still... Still not entirely sure if I want to do it. Um, I'll put, because Otaku is dealing mainly with uh, Western gaming sure. culture. Um, and then if I do a sequel, it would be about Eastern gaming culture because the two are very different right. things. Like, it's like if I ever make different. my sequel to Nacho Libre, I want him to go to Japan and fight. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like, wanted to fight sumos. Yeah, this. it's, it's culture like way different. <laughs> Geeks gave us, I like to take what my guests say and make it dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, if, as of now, it's probably just, uh, it, there's, there's room for it to be more books but I also wanted to write it where people could read it and know they had a self-contained story because like like, I like series but I also like being able to pick up a book and just be like okay cool that was that was the book that I read and now as a writer myself how do you protect that time you've got a family you've Mm -hmm. got things going on like how do you protect that time to put the pages out um I mean, I, I feel like I may be an aberration here, but I just write when I feel like it. Like, okay. it's, it, it's something where, again, since I'm very fortunate to have played in the NFL and to be retired at the age of 37, sure. like, I have a lot more free time than other people do. Um, mm-hmm. And so that makes it a lot easier for me to write. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard. Um, one thing I will say, though, is that you, you, you have to commit to actually finishing something. Like, that's the hardest thing. Because <laughs> everyone has an idea. And everyone can write, you know, the first three chapters or the first 10,000 words. But once you get into that middle section, like... Oh, it's a, you, it's a slog. Yeah, you got to force yourself I, to get through it. <laughs> I was freaking... So I write at McDonald's mm-hmm. because I m- won't eat anything there. Right. And I don't know anybody. So right, I, won't, exactly. I won't be like... You know, if I go to a coffee shop, I'll be like eating their crap. Right, yeah, exactly. And it's I'll almost like a little I'll, isolation you'll chamber. See, you know, you'll see friends of yourself. You'll yeah. see your friends and be like, hey, right. man, how's that going? Right. How, oh, what's up? You had a meeting? Sounds yeah. good. That's like Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I go to McDonald's. I'm at a McDonald's last night and I'm just like this depression hits me in Geekscape. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you because I'm sending the movie out to festivals and I'm going through all my old festival contacts from my last film. And I'm sitting there, and I tell my buddy Jesse, I'm like, how the fuck is this not what I was doing 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. What the? F- I'm doing the exact same thing I'm doing 10 years ago. And Jesse said, hey, man, you're in the middle of it. The results yep. of what you're working on now, have you have not gotten the results of what you're doing. And Jesse is my buddy when I do ultra marathons. Mm-hmm. It's with Jesse. And the only time he DNF'd and didn't finish a marath- uh, uh, one of these ultras was mm-hmm. with me this past summer. And he said, "Hey, man, we're in, you're in the middle of it right now. Right. And just remember that you're in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and how it's going to feel when you're done with it. 
you can't concentrate on being on the middle right. in the middle of it. Yeah. You have to end it. You have to get to the finish line. Or DNF like we did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but to our, to our, in our defense, we were in Julian, brother, in fucking July during a heat wave. We should not <laughs> yeah. have been in that wave. Yeah. We should not have been in that race. It was stupid. I was hallucinating. And I was like, no, I'm out. Yeah. That's right. so funny. But yeah, being in the middle of something in Geekscape is if you're going through like a creative journey or a personal emotional journey even, or just maybe you're growing up and you're like, holy shit. Uh, it kind of goes back to the whole idea of it gets better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like there is... There are rewards along the way. Yeah. Did you give yourself rewards along the way as you're going through like the struggle of those middle chapters, those middle acts? Um, well, so Otaku was kind of weird in that I wrote the first about 40,000 words and then I just got stuck. Mm-hmm. Like I did not know where the story was going to go. And some uh, some other books that I'm working on, like I've, I've outlined, you know, the whole thing. I know what's oh, going to happen. Oh, did you not there. outline No, that? I didn't outline this you're one. I was, I, was, I was just flat you're writing. A, like You're a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I outlined my other books that I'm working on. It's, but I, I also say there is... It's fun to write a story where you don't know what's happening. Yeah, you can because, yourself. Yeah, you, you can kind of trick yourself. Yeah, you don't know where it's going to go. But so this one, I got to a point where I'm just like, well, shit, I'm I don't know where this is going to go. And, yeah, and literally didn't work on it, didn't think about it for three years. Mm-hmm. Like just put it to the side. I'm like, well, maybe one day I'll then finish you're this. Sitting in a stoplight. Yeah. Yeah. No, in and the shower. It like in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> in the shower. I'm just thinking, yeah. and all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, boom, churned out the rest in like six months. And then because then it, it was from there that I could see, okay, here's how I'm going to get to, like the finish line even though it was far away it was in sight i was yeah. like okay now i know how i'm gonna get to the finish line boom 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 yeah and and then that was the first draft then i was like okay now i need to do revisions yeah. now i need feedback all all but, the other but fun now stuff. you have a support system right, right exactly and i think having a i think having a support system is important yes and then again like it's so hard my, to find my, good alpha readers like <laughs> well come on but i mean i write screenplays so yeah. it's, it's not as hard as writing the thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of words i can see that you got a problem i, I told tor i can't read these books anymore yeah. um, so, so uh I, I think you you just have to and you, geek savers are tired of hearing me say with the word awareness but i think you just have to recognize where you're at in the process yep. on any level of achievement or self-improvement you are in a maintain the awareness that you know you're in the thick of it, and also be aware of your support network. There are people who are going to help you out. Like, right. I totally had to like hit up Jesse last night and be like, "Hey, man, I'm fucking spinning out of McDonald's." Yeah, you're which right. is that's really depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but it happens sometimes. It's, it totally happens. Yeah, it's like well, and and I think so from my personal experiences, like one thing I can always go back and draw upon is that. Whatever I feel when I'm writing, I guarantee you will not be as embarrassing as hitting an 18-yard punt on national television. Did that shit? <laughs> it's Thursday Night Football against Tampa Bay. Did uh, you really? Yep. That was, that was not a good kick. Fuck, what happened? What, but I just, just I took my head, I took my eyes off the ball, went off the side of my foot. Laces in? No, it was, it was I'm fucking good, with you. <laughs> yeah, it was a good drop. Is I just took my eyes off the ball. That so oh, key shit. key point for your for your listeners. Always make sure you look at the ball. Stay present. <laughs> I yep. will say the word awareness again. Yep. Stay aware. Yep. Stay aware. Um, Chris, I feel like we can hang out all the fucking day, but I'm not gonna put the geekscape us through that. Um, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. Um, we haven't even talked about your gaming and what you're doing. Like, like, <laughs> next you know, episode. Next episode. But uh, Geekscape is, he's legit. I think we've proven that. Uh, he's also Chris Warcraft on the socials. You're not active on Instagram, but you're active on Twitter. Yes, just Twitter. Yeah, just Twitter. And dude, you're, you're, part, you're in the mix on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'm, um, I'm very online. 
the book is called Otaku. We're yep. going to push it when it comes out in March. Uh, I'm ex- I'm actually excited about that one because it sounds like it comes from a really sincere place, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I want at this point. Is mm-hmm. I don't even care if products are good or bad. I just care that they're honest and that there's a voice there and that they're interesting. So this sounds great. Um, and we'll be pimping that in March, dude. Oh, sweet. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> as, as you know, like trying, trying to get yourself heard is probably the hardest yeah. thing ever. Like it's, Oh, with the, we've talked about the level of noise you're competing with. Right. Like it's everywhere. There's, there's, and, and the thing is, there's so much good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, and, and I think that's also, you know, sorry, not to, no, no. Not, not to keep going, but I think that's also one of the reasons why imposter syndrome is a thing is like, you see all this other good stuff and you're like, who am I to think that I can be on that level? Oh, I right? watched, jo- I watched Tekka Jojo Rabbit the other, the other week yeah. and I was like. I give up. Right, yeah, it's just I give like, up. like, you win. He's, he's a few years older than me, and yeah. the level of tone shifts in his, his uh, it was awesome. Yeah. But also acknowledge Jonathan. Yeah. Taika did not do that as a, right. as, yeah. as an individual. Yeah, right? no, it, and, you, and, and he kept working at it. Just he stay with it, Geekscapers. <laughs> stay with it, and then you die. Yep, and then you die. Everyone <laughs> dies. Just remember, we're yep. flying through vacuum on a molten rock, and none yep. of this matters, so yep. have fun. <laughs> Keep going. Um, we're Geekscape. You can find us on, uh, if you search Geekscape on all the socials. Uh, join us up on Facebook and all those evil networks, and uh, and join us up. Okay, uh, we got some great Geekscapes coming up. Uh, Geekscapes. I'm really excited to announce those guests when I publish those episodes. Uh, so tell your friends to subscribe. Leave us those five star reviews on whatever podcatcher you're using to listen to this right now. Hit that share button. Tell your friends about Geekscape. And Chris, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. Again, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Geekscape. It's over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.